Welcome back to the cornfield, motherfuckers. It's time for Mackenzie and Miranda to ruin your day. I'm Miranda. I'm Mackenzie. <laughs> well, and yeah, like I said, we're back. It is episode three of the Heavy Hitters podcast. Yes, and it's, episode three. And it's New Year's. Well, not New Year's Day, but it's the new year. Yes, Yay. right. 2022. And we're talking about healthcare from hell this week. And we're talking about all sorts of other fun things that aren't so fun. Yeah. And just so you know, that when we talk about these fun things that are not so fun, and we might make fun of, like, how shitty these assholes are who are committing crimes, things like that, we never intend to, like, make a joke or mockery out of any of the victims. So even if we have, like, a, you know, vulgar standoffish opinion about these assholes, we are not in any way trying to make light of these situations. Yes, we never want to take away from the victims or the seriousness and severity of what happens. Because obviously, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about is very heavy. heavy. Hence the name of the podcast. Heavy hitters. And we are hitting it heavy every week. Alrighty, so let's get started. Miranda, I think you had a couple things you wanted to say. Yes, I did want to say, first and foremost, that we wanted to thank everyone who's listened to the first couple episodes so far. Um, Support really has meant a lot to us, and we appreciate it all, and we hope that everybody sticks with us until, you know, we hit 700,000 episodes, and then we will think about retiring, but that's not happening for a while, so... No, not for a while. To the extent that right now we are struggling... Neither of us have Wi-Fi at home. I'm in my sister's basement recording this. <laughs> Kenzie's hitting it with the cellular data from home. We're trying, okay? We are trying. Betty White said, good night, good luck. I'm taking the Wi-Fi with me, and we're going to go party up in heaven on social media or some shit like that. Because, yes. you know, rip, by the way. A fucking legend. Yes. yes, absolutely. Worst part of the year so far. Well, except it was last year, but still. Last year. And I, I do have one quick thing to say. If you hear any like goobles, squeals, goo goos, or gagas, that's my son Hudson. He uh his dream is to be a podcaster, but currently he's five months old and doesn't know English yet. So he's our first guest. He is. He's our first guest. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like I said, I'm in my sister's basement. Kenzie's hitting us with the cellular data. We had to make this work at not our normal time. Okay, folks. We, we love some- you so much. Give us some some grace, okay? Give us grace. <laughs> Alrighty, so let us get started. Um, in light of the new year, I decided that I'm going to hit you heavy with a New Year's resolution. So we're going to tell you our New Year's resolutions, and I will just get started. Um, so this is like a little bit of a backstory about me. You guys are going to get the information that you never wanted to know. So, in 2020, my New Year's resolution was, I think, like, the first time that I ever did it, like, something positive for myself. It wasn't, like, lose 10 pounds. It wasn't quit drinking. It wasn't do this diet. It was, like, purely out of love for myself. And I'm not sure what brought me to it. I kind of just decided I was done. Like, Um, I'm old enough to care about myself. Thank you. Literally. So, yeah, in 2020, my New Year's resolution was to stop purging. Uh, For the first year, uh, I guess, like, yeah, the first year since I was, like, 14, 
um, I didn't make myself throw up. So, um, Damn. yeah, did I, I, I don't think I ever really told anyone. So it was a, it's, this is something crazy. I feel so like weird to be like saying it on a podcast, but yeah, that was the first year that I made it without throwing up. Um, and then I got pregnant and I was, <clears throat> and I was not trying super long to get pregnant. I wasn't, I'm not saying that any of this had anything to do with my fertility, but, um, it really made me proud that I was taking care of my body before I got pregnant. Cause I yeah. think it helped. I, I'm not going to lie. I was really struggling. I was so afraid for my body to change when I got pregnant. I didn't know where I was going to go mentally when I started noticing weight gain and my doctor, like he was like, Based on your weight and height, expect to gain 30 to 40 pounds, blah, 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 all that stuff. So I was so terrified. Um, So then as of 2021, I decided that my resolution was to take care of my body and nourish it, but also exercise. I wanted to stay active. And my doctor was very avid on trying to get like 30 minutes of movement in every day. As long as it doesn't hurt, you can do it. Um, So... It was really cool. I've always been a very active person, like lifting weights. I used to run track. I don't know why I ever ran. You don't you don't get thighs like mine from running, so I don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. So now for 2022, I kind of feel like as a new mom, again, I'm in like I'm in a body I've never seen before, you know. So I decided this year that I was going to challenge myself and anyone else who kind of needs a kick in the ass to be forgiving to your body cuz I I mean Miranda, you know this a little bit. I've been struggling since I had a baby, but I mean Everything right. is different. It, obviously, if you've never had a kid, you've never seen the people up close who have had a kid, your body doesn't go back to how it did. And I personally had a C-section, so now I have, like, I have a new fat roll, I guess, because, like, your skin <laughs> rolls over that C-section scar in a different way than it used to. Um, so, yeah. So, like I said, I'm challenging myself um, to be forgiving to my body. I'm going to honor myself with movement and I'm going to honor myself with food. It's not, I don't want to punish myself. Like I'm not going to say I had a piece of cake. So now I got to go work my ass off in the gym. It's, yeah. I, I don't want to do that. Cause I spent a lot of time punishing my body and you know, being 50 pounds lighter or something like that. I, I always wanted to be lighter. I always thought I was fat and I look back at myself and I think, damn, you looked great. And I even look at pictures from when I had first gotten pregnant because I, I, I took like bump pictures, you know, and then I'm like, dang, I looked awesome before like my body started to look pregnant. And it's like, why didn't I see that? And it, it really hurts myself because like your body is your house and, you know, why would I treat my body so wrong for keeping me alive, you know? So right. there we yeah. go. So I think that's, that's a great resolution. Yeah. That's my new year's resolution. Like I said, it like, it's a heavy one. <laughs> And I said I had two, um, one that I was gonna, I was gonna gauge mine based off what Kenzie's was, and my deep <laughs> one that I was channeling does not even hold a candle to that shit. Oh, do not <laughs> say that at all. Don't say that at all. You got this. <laughs> but my, um, mine is to just be like more intentional with my time because I feel like I get very worried about running out of time in the day. So, like, I get done with work. I'm like, okay, I have to go home. I have to make supper. And then I have to go to bed, basically. Like, that's, yeah, it's like, that's my focus. <laughs> yeah. 
And, like, before you know it, you're done. You're out of time. <laughs> right. And But then, like, I find myself, like, between eating supper and going to bed, just sitting there and being like, okay, now what? So I just feel like there's so many other things that I could be doing with my time that I haven't done. Um, like, my husband and I have – we have never – since we've been married belong to like a gym or anything like that so we've been talking about that lately that going into the new year we're probably going to get a gym membership and like try to do that not necessarily every day probably but like go you know when we're not doing anything and we don't have kids so we don't have like that to work our time around or anything like that and I also feel like sometimes like if people say like let's let's do something after work like for example Kenzie and I are gonna go have supper with one of our very good friends tomorrow night after work and at first I was like oh my god I can't do it because after work I have to go home I have to make supper I have to go to bed oh my god I was doing the same thing I'm like oh I gotta like literally go home and feed Hudson and then put him to bed right but I just like that takes so long Yeah, I just need to be better with my time because there's a lot of times where, like, especially, I feel like I'm bad about it with, like, making plans. Like, if somebody asks me to do something, very rarely do I say no, but I'm also not good at asking other people to do things with me. So I feel like I also need to be better about that with my time. So that's my resolution. I really like that. And, like, as as you were saying, like, all of that, I was like, dang, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, I think of myself, like, okay, it was just 530 and now it's 10.30. Like, what? <laughs> like, literally, yeah. I was looking. I'm like, it's it's 6.30. And I swear, last time I looked at the clock, it was 5.30. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that's, like, that's how I feel all the time. I'm like, oh, my God. It, or or on the other hand, I'm like, oh, my God, it's 6.30. I'm going to be in bed in three hours. Like, I can't do God, anything I because I need to, to be to bed. <laughs> I, I seriously, I get you. I get you. I see you. <laughs> so, yeah, oh that's God. fine. Awesome. Okay, well... I wish you luck, Miranda, in your New Year's resolution. I wish everyone luck in their resolutions this year. Um, yeah. You too. Also, you got this. Thank you. I, and I I want, like, I guess one of the things that I say is, like, try to have, like, an intentional resolution. Don't be like, I'm not going to drink bottled water this year. Or, like, to, try As I sit here sipping a bottle of water. <laughs> no, and I mean, like, I remember one year when I was, like, 14, I was like, I'm not drinking bottled water at all. And I even went to the point of making my mom buy me a bottle of water at one point and pouring it into a cup. Oh, my I'm like, gosh. Wait, that's the same fucking thing. <laughs> Your lips but I was, I was trying to make bottle. a difference, damn it. <laughs> Alrighty. Alrighty, so you know how last time I had an episode and I was like, I'm not going to write a story ever again because that's too much? Yes. <laughs> well, I got inspired and I wrote a story again. That's cool. I don't I don't know why I do this. It's just a fun creative outlet. Like we said, I'm a failed author, so... Um, yeah, you know this what? Is... This is our podcast. We're going to do whatever the fuck we want. Fuck you, I do what I want. If we want to have a story, we're having a story. So now it's story time with Kenzie. Get prepared to have your day ruined and to be sad. Get your Um, hopes up before, though. I'm guessing if the story follows suit as it did last time. Imagine you fought in World War I for your homeland of Germany. You've committed your life to the army, and in turn you lost a leg and are forever handicapped. From the age of 18. Ooh. You get the help of medical facilities to rehabilitate you and learn how to do life with a peg leg. When the Second World War comes, you are confident in your country for protecting and taking care of you, and you sacrificed any hope for normal life, so you hope that they take care of you. 22 years later, 
after your accident in World War I, your two sons go off in World War II to fight for the Nazi regime. How proud you are that their bravery overcomes their fear. Later on, you go to a routine checkup for your leg, and the nurses tell you that you need to go to a new facility for a physical and dental exam. You go with a nurse on one arm and your cane in the other. She loads you into a large gray bus with several other patients. After an hour or so, you arrive. You are fully examined, and they place a tag on your back between your shoulders. You try to put your clothes on, but the nurse smiles warmly and stops you. She takes your hand and brings you to a line of other naked patients to follow. You go down a flight of stairs, your fake leg creaking at every step. Wuhan, bring dir uns. Where are you taking us? You ask. A nurse smiles and says, For a therapeutic shower. You wonder why, but keep going. The nurses instruct you and the other patients to pack into the shower room. You're all too close. Something's not right. The showers turn on and you begin coughing immediately. The panic starts. Screaming. Thrashing. Choking. Within ten minutes, you're all peacefully laying in heaps among each other. One by one, you're brought to a crematorium. Random ashes are scooped into canisters and haphazard letters are sent out to families. Your family receives your canister and a letter of condolences. It states you've died of appendicitis. But no, your wife breaks down. There must be a mistake. She looks at the letter again and confirms all of your information is correct. This is supposed to be you, but how could this be? You had your appendix removed in 1936. Okay, so my story is about the Hadamar Psychiatric Hospital in Germany. Okay. All right, do you have any questions before we get started, Miranda? No, I just hated that story. It made me sad. That's all I have. And you whipped out the German. That was impressive. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So, so Wohan bringt er uns is on actually one of the memorials. Um, I guess one of the patients had famously said this. Um, oh so gosh. on one of the Hadamar memorials that we'll get to, um, just has this on a placard outside of it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. I'm so sorry for the paper crinkling, but You're I'm good. old school. I'll never do anything. I just love writing. Me too. <laughs> Alrighty. Hadamar Psychiatric Clinic opened up in the 1890s in Germany. It was your run-of-the-mill sanatorium for its time. But starting in 1939, it became a death factory for German children and teens with disabilities. Because you know what we do with children who have disabilities? You fucking kill them. Mm. You fucking kill them. Yep. So, yeah. Here to ruin your day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> During Hitler's reign and design, design, desire for a master race, aka, you know, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed Aryans, all that bullshit. Superior. So like, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyone with mental and physical disabilities were deemed worthless lives. Um, and because of that, um, it was like, at first, I guess I'll get into it. I'm sorry. I'll go by my notes because I don't want to, like, fuck anything up. You're good. So basically, this was the idea of eugenics or racial purity was uh, the idea was that 
um, racial purity is hereditary. Um, it also meant that mental disabilities or even physical disabilities were also hereditary. Mm-hmm. So, um, funny enough, a lot of this idea started in America. Um, this led to a bunch of shit um, in America, too. All of that, thankfully, was, like, vetoed and shit. But, yeah, Germany got this idea from America. So, essentially, what America would do is... Um, since they thought that this shit was hereditary, they would say, um, sterilize patients to make sure that they wouldn't have any kids. Mm. So they would forcibly sterilize men and women. It seemed like a lot of women. Um, yeah, but that was, that was legal. And Germany was like, damn, what a great idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in Germany, this was called the law of prevention of offspring with hereditary diseases. This formed, uh, this forced the sterilization of over 2 million Germans over 12 years, and then brought on the T4 euthanasia program in 1939. Through this program, an estimated 200,000 people were murdered under the guise of mercy killings. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. Super cool. Um, around 15,000 of these occurred in Hadamar. Um, Hadamar was one of six clinics in Germany that were, like, the death clinics. Um, I called them murder clinics. Yeah. It's not just a death. Yeah, right. It's, mm -mm, no, a lot, and, like, everyone calls it, like, euthanization, but it's not. It's fucking different assholes. Yeah, you're not, you're not putting the person out of their misery. Like, they're not miserable. (laughs) No, exactly. Like, the only thing that's making them miserable is your fucking shitty treatment. Boom. Yeah. So... First off, sadly, God, I, I hate this. I hate this story. I got so sad. I almost didn't do it because it made me so fucking, it made me want to cry a lot. I cried a lot when I was researching. Um, so it was mostly kids and teens with disabilities. Um, uh, at first, I mean, they expanded to pretty much anyone with mental or physical disabilities alike. And they even did this to um veterans of world war one they were literally like you're german you're blonde you have blue eyes but you got fucked up in the war so screw you which honestly is so sad because adolf hitler was um injured greatly in the war and i'm pretty sure they i don't i don't really know i don't remember the whole story i used to be like a fucking uh genius about this but he hurt himself he lost one of his nuts in like a mustard gas attack so Technically, he's fucking disabled. Well, and, and he didn't have blonde hair, blue eyes, so... No! He's an that, that's what always has gotten me about him. What gives him the right... Mustache. Right? <laughs> For real. And he was short. I don't know I don't know why, but I feel like he liked the tall people better than the short ones. And he was fucking short. Oh, yeah. But, but I do... Okay, so here's my initial thought on this. First of all, an injury from the war is not hereditary. So... Oh, no. Second of all, even if these kids do have disabilities... Not saying that it's a good idea, but why didn't they just sterilize the kids so that they couldn't reproduce, rather than killing them? That makes too much sense. I don't fucking know. Like, honestly, literally, I understand. Like, forced sterilization is fucking terrible, and it's still happening to women in other countries. Yeah. But, like, it was, to me, it would be so much better than dying. Yeah, let them at least live. Right? Well, and they're already, half these, okay, so so many of these patients were already in facilities, or going to, like, routine appointments, and then they would just be like, oh, we gotta go make a stop at this clinic over here. Like, that's 
literally how I wrote it in that story is mm-hmm. how it happened for a lot of people. That's and that, so that's kind of how it took a lot of people or, or a lot of time for it to uh, catch on. So sure. from 1939 to 1940, they um, took patients into gas chambers and gassed them. Then they cremated them and literally like they would just shovel your ashes into like a coffee can essentially and send it out with letters and like over time they would have like just various lists of diseases so it'd be like they died of tuberculosis they died of old age and that's like uh this person's 35 right Um, but honestly i'm somewhat surprised that they even had the decency to do that I know, honest. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I was too, because with half of the Jews, or half, so many of the Jews who died, they were just like, "Fuck that guy." Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So with this, they actually kept some very meticulous um, records. And after all of this was um, said and done, a lot of people did have um, a lot of like families got a little bit of closure. I'm not saying like, I'm not saying any of this would offer you closure, but a lot of families were able to get some sort of record of their family members. Um, yeah. Okay. So in these gas chambers, as many as 65 people at a time would be, um, shoved in, in which I saw a picture of these rooms and I don't understand. I almost wonder if that stat was like maybe a fuck up because, yeah i don't fucking know um yeah it was so nasty um and then as you can imagine um cremating people is disgustingly smells terrible oh yeah yeah so and hadamar was like a li- uh, farm town so they had like lots of livestock and people started blaming farmers for this shit they were like you everything stinks you gotta fix it blah blah, blah. Oh and then gosh. um then hadamar was actually like shut down um because of all of their mercy killings it was kind of and this was a gray area so yeah they got shut down they kind of like stopped themselves to get like uh to get the heat off their backs um and essentially they just dismantled the gas changer chambers and sent them off to other murder factories oh my gosh yep so super cool right oh yeah oh yeah um, then in 1941, they reopened with a new way to kill. Super fun. Um, that involved overdosing patients. Oh. Starving them. Oh. Or hypothermia, even. Um, oh. Yeah. So I like, thought you were going to say, like, firing squad, which is terrible still, but damn. No, the, they saved those bullets for the Jews. Jews and Poles and all that. Mm. Um. Yeah, so n- nurses would administer, um, like, overdoses of sleep medicine or something like that. So people would, like, go to bed and, like, die in their sleep. Oh, my gosh. Um, they would stop feeding the kids. Um, certain certain kids, like, if they were disabled enough, they would just, like, lock them outside. Oh, and my gosh. And they would freeze to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and <sighs> one thing that's really nuts is... Most of this was at the hands of nurses. Most of this was at the hands of doctors. This wasn't, like, Nazis telling them to do this. They were basically just, like, seems lit. Oh, my Good gosh. To yeah. Yeah. So, because there were lots of doctors who believed in eugenics and um, creating a pure race. So, this is, in their eyes, what it took to achieve that. So, that's why no one ever stopped them. What a joke. Yeah. Um... Among other things, 
yeah, I'm like, ugh, it just fucking disgusts me. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, around 10,000 people died here. And because of that, no, not around 10,000 people, around 15,000 people died here. I was, oh my what gosh. I was getting at is um, they, they thought this was a good thing because they were like, we're really doing the most to help create our like master race our perfect race we're keeping all these shitheads out of here we're putting in the work (laughs) yeah exactly um so on the day that they cremated the 10,000th body they stopped everything and they took the time to celebrate oh my gosh celebrating included toasting they had cheese um, because I, I don't know, it, that was literally one of the biggest things. They were like, they toasted and had cheese. That's um, so sick. Yeah, they cleaned out skulls of some of the victims and drank from the skulls <gasps> as like what? a... in the Shakespeare? Master chalice, yeah. Um, yeah, just some really sick shit going on here. Um, yeah, it's... That's terrible. So fucking fucked up. Yeah. So fucked up. And especially thinking, like, most of those were probably kids. Yeah. Like, the 10,000th person was probably a child. Right. Actually, um, the last victim was a four-year-old who was severely <gasps> mentally disabled. That was the last person to die in Hadamar. Um, it was right after the Americans occupied them. So... Uh, the war ended in Hadamar on May 8th of 1945. In April, the U.S. Uh, second April of 1945, the U.S. Second mm-hmm. Infantry Division occupied Hadamar. Um, and then, like, it did take time for them to be able to shut all this down because sure. no one really knew about it. Like, using propaganda, like, the nurses didn't... Uh, honestly, I think that there's got to be some gray area here because this is what they said, but, like, the nurses didn't... And doctors didn't know that what they were doing was bad. They were doing their jobs. But, like, to a fucking extent, do you really know that not feeding that kid isn't going to, like, be good? Well, right. And, I mean, I guess I don't know if things are different in Germany and or if things were different then. But, like, when you become a doctor, you take an oath to basically do whatever you can to save a patient. So if yeah, you're do no harm. neglecting them and they are dying as a result of that, you're not really upholding your oath. Exactly. But shit was different in 1945. I don't know. Sure. Um. Yeah. So, like I said, the last patient was killed on May 29th, 1945. He was a young four-year-old. Um, mm, poor baby. Yeah, it 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 really sickens me. And yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah, and it like I said, it became to be not just kids, not just teens or young adults. It was everyone. Um, and originally, it was just all Germans. So when the Americans tried to to cut the bullshit, like the American soldiers in Hadamar. They attempted to hold a Hadamar trial, which they eventually did get to hold. But originally, since it was Germans committing crimes against Germans, the U.S. had no jurisdiction. Mm. Um, Yeah, but then, like, since, I mean, then it became a national war crime because they found out that, like, there were a couple thousand Jews, like, Jews, Polish people, and, um people from other countries near Germany that did end up getting killed in Hadamar as well as the other um, 
like death hospitals. So then the U.S. was able to put these people on trial. And there were tons of people tried for war crimes, but there were seven doctors and nurses and like... I don't know if you'd want to say, like, hospital administration staff. I don't really know, because they weren't all doctors, they weren't all nurses, but... Right. Anyway, there were seven of them who were convicted of um, this war crime, and three of them were put to death. So, the head doctor, and then, like, it said, like, two hospital staff, they didn't say that they were nurses, I don't really know, um, were hanged in, I think... Uh, 1946 at the like April of 1946. So, okay. fuck yeah, yeah. Four of these staff went to jail. There's actually a very famous nurse, nurse shitbag, or no, nurse, <laughs> nurse shitbox, if you will. Um, I know her name. I don't want to say it because I don't want to. I don't want to give names to these no. people. It's just so shitty. And yeah, so she got sentenced to jail. She got the lightest sentence. She was sentenced to 25 years. Oh my god. There was one other doctor and two other nurses who, um, and uh, Nurse Shitbox was the only female. All the rest of them were males. Um, anyway, but one other doctor and two other male nurses who were also sentenced. And they ended up, one got 30 years and then the other two, I think, got, oh, well, one got 30 years, one got 35. And then the last uh, doctor was so fucking old that they gave him a life sentence because they were like, you're going to die. Oh, shit. Um, <clears throat> yeah, excuse me. Um, so, yeah, that was really cool. I think that was a huge win. Um, but then later on, after the U.S. occupation ended in Germany and Germany kind of got rights to their own shit again, uh, these people, like, they were kind of retried under the German law okay. for crimes um, only some people's sentences, and I'm talking not just about, like, the seven initial people, I'm talking about, like, everyone who was in trouble for all this shit, Mm -hmm. um, most of them didn't really get deeper sentences, but the thing is, they were able to get out early for, like, you know, good behavior, so none of the four people who were originally sentenced stayed their entire sentence, Mm -hmm. um, most of the people who were sentenced after Hadamar got out in the early 50s. So even, like, the old guy that was given the life sentence didn't... He got out? Yes, he did. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was super fucking cool. Um, one of, I think, the creepiest things, which, like, this is... Obviously, they have all new staff and everything. Um, Hadamar still runs today as a psychiatric <gasps> clinic and oh, a treatment facility. It's actually a, like, a real, legit facility. Um, and the way Hadamar runs is it's called the Hadamar Complex. So we'll post a picture of it. There's a bunch of buildings. It's this big, giant, honestly, I've got to say, beautiful area. Like, and when I was researching, I watched a few videos, and one of the main reporters said that if you didn't know what happened here, you would be taken away by how gorgeous it is. Oh my gosh. Like, if, basically, it's like, if you needed medical treatment, and like psychiatric treatment, you'd you'd want to go there because it would it's like a nice place to uh, rehabilitate yourself. Sure. Um, there are still places blocked off that are actual memorials. Like they 
aren't trying to hide anything that happened in Hadamar, so I think that's beautiful. Um, but the... at the same time, if I needed help and I saw that, I'd be like, mm, moving on. Maybe not. No. Yeah, uh, there, are, there are a lot less sus- suspicious deaths there these days. Um, yeah, so that's, like, the bulk of that. I'm sorry it wasn't, like, a big fancy, like, thought-out story, just because there's honestly such a wealth of knowledge on this online that well and it's so it, gross. it's overwhelming like, yeah it's disgusting some of the shit that they did to kids i just it was awful and i wanted to keep it i guess like as 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 light as i could um but yeah i told you all the big stuff um i do have to say that um, one of the things that a lot of the American soldiers did, which I think is kind of cool, um, before all of the German staff were out of Hadamar, um, right when the uh, U.S. soldiers really realized, like, this place is fucky, um, they found a huge mass cemetery, and it shows all these places that literally look like um, freshly dug plots. Um, so, like, you know how a gravesite looks. It's mm-hmm. all, like... It's like the rectangles of fresh dirt, shit like that. Yeah. So imagine that. But these ones are large, and there's tons. It's literally, like, acres and acres of this. Just freshly dug graves and, like, buried. All of these that the the soldiers found contained at least ten bodies. Every single one of them. So you can imagine how many people there were. And that was after they stopped cremating. So who the I fuck knows how many say, people so they, they cremated? They had to stop cremating. Yeah, they yeah, were they did. So people. They, yeah, when they got shut down in 1940, that's when they stopped cremating because okay. it was becoming obvious. Sure. Um, like in one of the pictures, there's like this big fence around Hadamar, too. And in the picture there, like I found a picture of a soldier like standing over a wall. And basically, what they did that I was getting to that I thought was cool was. They were making German people, um, German people, not just like any German people, sorry, um, German workers of the Hadamar Clinic, um, they were making them go and like empty out the graves and oh kind gosh. of, and they were making them like give up all the information so they could find out who these people were um, to help give families their closure. So sure. I thought that was, I thought that was really cool because like yeah. w- one of the things that happened a lot in the Holocaust were like I said, they kept meticulous records of a lot of things, which for some reason, fucking why? I don't get why they did this, because then at the end of the Holocaust, when they were trying not to be found out, they destroyed so much. You know, they destroyed, um, like, clothes and personal items and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why did you keep all these records if you're just going to destroy them? I think, well, I think it was because they thought that they were going to win. They'd be like, look at all this research that we did. Look at all the good that we did. Right, yeah. Um, So I think that's why they were destroying it. So at least they, like, weren't able to destroy all of that shit before the Americans found them and were like, fuck you, motherfuckers. Back-to-back World War champs, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) So I have a question. Yes. When the American people, like, got there and started taking over and everything, did they, I mean, this is a terrible way to word it, but, like, did they just, like, release the people that were living there at the time? Or had they killed everyone that was there before the Americans found out about it? I don't think that they killed everyone. I guess, actually, I I feel really bad, but I feel like I researched the whole, like, eradication of that area very, very poorly. No, that's um, okay. but really, it kind of made it seem since the last person was 
killed on May 29th, 1945. Um, I believe that they were able to let out the remaining patients in the clinic. Um, but a lot of it really seemed like patients went there specifically to die. So, so I don't know how many they were like holding at a time because it was literally Mm -hmm. just like a, like a, like a clearing hospital. Not an extended state place. Yeah. So that's a great question. And I wish I would have looked more into that. No, that's okay. I was just curious about that. It was nuts. And that whole thing is just terrible. It's crazy. And to me, it's crazy that, like, a lot of people were brainwashed due to propaganda. So, like, this mm-hmm. just comes back into, like, oh, we were doing our jobs. We were doing what we were told. Because, essentially, it wasn't the nurses that were just, like, I'm going to kill this patient today. It was a doctor ordering, give these meds to this patient. It's their time, you know? Right, and, yeah. And, like, some of the head nurses, like, like Nurse Shitbox, um, she, she was carrying out deaths. She was just, like... Yeah, you're fucking time, bitch. Like, so a lot of it was propaganda saying, like, these people are bad. These people are dirtying our blood. Um, They are not good for the rest of our country. We're trying to have a master race and these people ain't it. Um, And a lot of them were like, yeah, master race. I'm doing this for the greater good of Germany. Jeez. But I just got to feel like so many people this is this is common psychology so many people had to have known or had to have stopped and thought like this isn't right right that's my thought like you would have some sort of moral values that would be like okay this is not okay yeah exactly and like regardless of what you believe you have a god you have a fucking shaman that's not even anything the same some Um, sort of higher power yeah regardless of what you believe i in any way is that when is that right i yeah so yeah Yeah, this one bothered me so much yeah i I don't think i'll ever stop thinking about this like ugh, i just got such bad shutters and all of that i am not a fan Mm -mm. i mean it was it was a very good story but i'm not a fan of what happened there yeah damn straight like we said healthcare from hell we delivered (laughs) absolutely yeah. No false advertising here, motherfuckers. And I'm sorry, even if you can't find proof of it, there's gotta be at least one ghost in that fucking place that still haunts the people there, because if I died in that fashion, hell no. Right? Well, like, and I wanted to find a haunted hospital, and, like, I found this one hospital, um, called, uh, it, um, like, probably said it super wrong, sorry. <laughs> um, and that's another hospital that's in Germany, and, cause, like, if you search, like, I, I was just looking up, like, the most haunted hospitals in the world. Because I didn't mm-hmm. want to do, like, just America, you know? Right. Um, I wanted to branch out. And I found, like, Beelitz Hailstatten. And I was like, sweet. Like, a haunted hospital in Germany. That's cool. When I was younger, I was obsessed with World War One and World War Two, And I don't know why. It's something to it's... do with the town you grew up in. Because John's the same way. <laughs> okay. Okay, I get it. Um. Anyway, yeah. So... I used to do all this fucking research, and I was like, ooh, cool. Like, somewhere in Germany. I can do this. I love that shit. And every time I try to look up anything about this hospital, it, it <laughs> it's a sketchy place, but n- no, it's not haunted. Like, no one has ghost stories about it. Mm-hmm. Like, and I guess, like, when Adolf Hitler got his ball sack blowed up, um... <laughs> 
<laughs> that's exactly how it happened. That's what it says in a USA Today or something. Oh, good. Um, yeah, when Adolf Hitler had his uh, war injuries, he actually was treated there. And I think that's one of the reasons it's famous. But it's like, really, really. Yeah, let's, let's not... just like being like John Wayne Gacy ate at this KFC, right? <laughs> Though that doesn't make it haunted, it doesn't make it any more special. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So I was so fucking frustrated because I wanted it to be like a haunted. I wanted something spooky, but I found this, and I mean, how fucking reverent. Oh yeah, is that I feel to me that makes it spooky, and I'm not gonna lie. Part of me is like, oh, it's got to be a great clinic these days. Like, I'm sure that it with with healthcare standards of these days, if it's a shitty place, it's not gonna be like open. Mm-hmm. or whatever but uh, yeah i, like I just have scary. bad vibes i would never i would go into the memorial to visit but i'm like i'm not gonna stay there overnight Mm-mm, fuck Mm-mm. that no nope. and when i leave i'm gonna be like y'all stay here now i'm gonna <laughs> stay here now. y'all stay there now you hear <laughs> i'm going home and you're not coming with me bye I'm not coming peace you're out i'm not invited i'm peace sorry out. that this happened to you but not sorry enough to house you <laughs> yeah exactly Exactly. So, yeah, that's um, the very um, watered-down story of Hadamar, the clinic, or Hadamar, the hospital from hell, I guess, if you want to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. Did I ruin your day? Did I do it, Miranda? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was in a good mood. I'm feeling pretty low. Yeah. You know, all this, right, right before I came down to record, I told Kenzie... My two-year-old niece was upstairs playing doctor on me, and I'm glad she didn't treat me the way these fuckers treated people, at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, she's already got a lot more uh, health care training, I'm sure, than any of these motherfuckers. Especially she... Carl Shipbox. Well, she did, um, right when I sat down, she did try to um, push some medication on me without taking my vitals or asking me anything. So, she's a pill well, pusher. a little but, intense. Uh, yeah, she's at least she didn't kill it. me. She's just doing it for the kickback from the pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, she she went to one of those schools. <laughs> she's a hustler. She knows what's up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll be back next Tuesday with another segment of Healthcare from Hell. Yeah. And um, in the meantime, if you don't already, follow us on social media, all of which will be linked in the show notes. Yeah, we don't know what they are off top of our heads. We don't know what they are. Uh, heavy hitters podcast. Something. Some variation of that. Yeah, some variation of whatever they allowed us to do because I guess other people have. This. Yeah, there's other podcasts called Heavy Hitters. No hate, no shade to them, but they're not as good. We're better. We're better. Those are. There was one that's about sports. I'm sorry, but if I'm gonna listen to a podcast, I don't want to listen to a podcast about sports. Yeah, unless you're listening to crime and sports. That's a oh. really good podcast. It's a comedy podcast. I just gotta say, it's one of my faves. I've never Actually, heard of such a thing. I don't listen to it often. I listen to Small Town Murder, which has the exact two same um, uh, hosts. It's oh okay, James Pedregallo and Jimmy Wisman. I want to be just like them when I grow up in the podcast world. <laughs> That's Hudson's goals. Yeah, Hudson's goals. Our first guest. All I right. think. Yeah, I guess we'll just see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. Bye. (laughs) Bye.